Hello, everybody, and welcome to Friends of the Force, a Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Brad Whipple. Welcome to our series, From a Certain Point of View, in which we interview the people who love to create within the Star Wars universe and Star Wars fandom. On today's show, our guest does a lot of character collages that you've probably seen on Instagram. She also has a fanzine called Into a Larger World. It is Kara DJ. She has made such a positive influence on the Star Wars community with many of her creations. So I'm very excited to talk with her today about her craft, how she got into it, and what Star Wars means to her. So without further ado, let's jump right over to my interview with Kara DJ. So what I told you was true, from a certain point of view. A certain point of view? Luke, you're going to find that many of the truths we cling to depend greatly on our own point of view. I'm so excited today to welcome onto the show. It's been a while since I've uh, wanted to get her on the show. Very pleased to welcome Kara DJ. She is the creator of the Into a Larger World Star Wars zine. Kara, welcome to Friends of the Force, finally. Hello. Hello. I'm so glad to be here. Wow. Thanks. (laughs) Hi. (laughs) You know, I have to say uh, right up top, get the elephant out of the room. So for those of you who might have recently seen, this particular podcast series got an upgrade with some fresh minted official artwork created by Kara. It's just like truly incredible. And I'm, I'm like so happy to have you on to talk more about your Star Wars fandom. For those of our listeners who aren't familiar with your work, which I'm sure they, they probably are, but do you want to give a little bit of an introduction to yourself? and? and kind of what you do in the in the Star Wars fandom? Sure. So, yeah, so I think above all, I would call myself a collage artist. Um, I've been doing collage for a long time in, in different forms. And then I kind of stumbled into zines uh, and then kind of stumbled back into collage. So basically I just work with paper and glue. That's like the easiest way to put it. (laughs) Um, Everything you ever see from me is all made physically. I have like no Photoshop or tech skills in any way. Um, So everything I do is literally just like cutting stuff out, gluing it to paper, moving the bits of paper around and stuff like that. So yeah, I do character collages of different characters from Star Wars. Uh, which has been really fun. And then also I have my zine Into a Larger World, which comes out monthly. And we have contributions from artists or people who just want to talk about something that they like. And then I write some crazy stuff sometimes. I've I've interviewed a couple people. I like to interview collectors a lot. That's one of my Mm -hmm. favorite things to do. Um, So yeah, so that's kind of me, collage artist and zine person. (laughs) basically the work you do for the star wars community i think is is really well recognized and it brings a lot of joy to so many people especially the the commissions that you do um we just showed off the the dave filoni commission you did for me which was just like incredible when i got it It in the mail (laughs) i was like in tears it's it's so great to support small creators uh small relative i mean in terms of Mm -hmm. not necessarily buying stuff from disney or like you know the big companies that you would think you should get your merchandise from but really supporting the people who do this for a living who Mm -hmm. you know this is what they're really passionate about but why do you what do you feel is like the importance of 
of supporting fan creations, especially, and not just getting all of your like official Lucasfilm merchandise and really finding those uh, those people in these really niche uh, areas, like as a like a collage artist or a fan yeah. artist who's doing prints. Like, what is the importance of that, and why do you feel it it really makes the community healthier? Yeah, it's been one of my favorite parts about like growing this whole thing and like being on Instagram and meeting so many people. I did for this past issue for the November issue. I sent all my subscribers a little a gift guide with some advertisements that uh, we I got from some small creators that I really love. And it's just like it's amazing the the stuff that people can create is so unique. And I love um, I, I just love what fans are capable of. And it's kind of like that's sort of the heart of what fanzines have been since 1977. So it's like. I love being able to celebrate that. Like my other favorite thing is, is podcasts. I have so many good star Wars podcasts such as yours that I listen to. And, <laughs> and if you like, if you really read the zine and like, if you looked through issues one through 18, you would see, like, I really mentioned like the same four or five people like over and over. Cause I just mm -hmm. love them so much. Um, and yeah, it's like fan creators are, are so fun and, like it's so fun to follow them and then to see what they get inspired by as new things come out and stuff and yeah like you said like you know there's always going to be official merchandise there's always going to be like an overload plethora of things and we're always going to get it <laughs> because that's <laughs> what we do because but we're shills <laughs> <laughs> at least i am i mean look <laughs> it is what it is you know but um but yeah, I feel like it's so cool to have those elements in your collection, you know, or just in your life, in your everyday stuff. It's just, yeah, it's really, really fun. Yeah. The Star Wars community is really nothing without its fans. Mm. And I think it has some of the most passionate fans in, in the whole world and just out of any fandom. So it's it's crazy to see what kinds of things people can create. And I did see that. I did see the little pamphlet you included with mm -hmm. your last scene with all the different uh, shops on there. Tori's was on there, Creature Cartel, who you know I yes. host the Armando show with. So it was great to see all those different creators who I've never even heard of before. But is there anything that you've come across in all of your years that has really stuck out to you or made you have like a wow moment of, whoa, fan, fan creations really go hard. Like they go above and beyond. Is there anything that's ever stuck out to you or even like an idea of sorts? Yeah, I mean, I think that like the obviously the world of pins is like just absolutely crazy, bon like bonkers. And like my <laughs> the thing that stands out to me is the the uh, the brand Nerd Matters. They make those I think it's Nerd Matters, right? They make those pins where it'll be like a pin and patch set where like the patch is uh is one thing and then the pin will go with it and like pair with it it's the coolest thing and then they also made a pin which was like a drawing of the picture of george lucas holding baby yoda which is like one of my favorite things that i own <laughs> and and they have the pin they paired they they like partnered with ahmed best and made the pin of him like wearing the cgi yes. Dar -dar hat you know uh and they did uh they like raised money for a cause through that through that and like so that definitely stands out because they just got so weird with it, which is like my favorite thing. I also think of like uh, Super Yaki makes a lot of 
uh, t-shirts and stuff that are very unique and like always make me laugh. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole world of pins has really Im Im impressed me with what they're capable of and also how fast they're able to like churn stuff out. Like, you know, by what, January at the latest, we'll have Cobb Vanth pins, we'll have Frog Lady pins. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt me with a frog lady next. pen. <laughs> oh yeah, frog lady all day. Have you been to Star Wars Celebration before? I have. That's kind of the the start of my madness, basically. Uh, so uh, I I I live streamed all of Orlando. I wasn't there, but then I went to Chicago, um, and I got a ticket. I like wanted to. I decided that I wanted to go too late to actually be able to go so i applied to work there and uh oh. yeah and they said yes and hired me whatever and i worked in the store which was a a wild experience to say <laughs> the least. i mean i have like a lot of retail experience so it was it was what i'm used to but mm -hmm. it was like it was like every day was christmas eve you know like it was insane but anyway so i went to chicago and i found i like found through research and stuff that people traded stuff which i didn't really realize so that was why i made my first little pocket size zine was because i wanted to have something to trade at celebration so i just like printed 50 of them and just like threw them at people and then <laughs> and now here we are but yes yeah, so i've been to chicago and it was incredible and i can't wait for anaheim obviously I love that you mentioned that's where the madness begins because for me <laughs> before Chicago celebration, I was like, what's the deal with pins? Why do people love pins? I just don't get it. And then as soon as I got there and I was like, Oh, just, I guess I'll, I'll buy this one mystery pin in the celebration <laughs> store. One mystery pin turned into another mystery pin turned yep. into hunting down the Rose Tico pin and the Mace Windu pin and all the pins oh, yeah, I could yeah. find. And I had like a whole assortment of pins on my lanyard by the end of the weekend yeah it's a slippery slope i think that's why i haven't really like truly gotten into it is because i'll know i know that i'll just go broke so i i get like i get one or two like every now and then but i i really restrain myself from going too crazy because it's amazing. really it's really like the dark side in a way you know it's like once you start down that path forever will it consume your destiny Yes, I feel like that and Funko Pops would be the same thing. <laughs> yeah, for for me, Funko Pops, the dark side has been a longtime companion of mine in that <laughs> respect. So I want to start too. We've, we, I know you went to Celebration, but going back even farther to when you first became a Star Wars fan, what were some of your earliest, earliest experiences with the franchise? And I always love hearing stories about this because from a certain point of view, everybody comes from a different area of, of the Star Wars fandom and they enter in a different point in the timeline even. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, it's hard cause like I don't re ever remember life without Star Wars. My brother is uh, older than me. He's like 15 years older than me. So he was born in 75. So he's like prime, a little younger than, but mostly like prime Star Wars age for like uh, Empire and Return of the Jedi. Uh, so he loved it. And my dad really liked it. So they always had it like on in the house and stuff. So I, I always liked it. Um, but the, I remember like my first really vivid memory is actually seeing like Attack of the Clones in the theater with my brother. And I like really liked it. And I remember like kind of 
like I obviously wasn't like looking at reviews at the time at all because I was young but also because like I didn't really care what other people said but I remember that like people didn't quote unquote really like it and I just remember being like I liked it a lot (laughs) (laughs) and so that's like my first memory and then my brother and I went to see Revenge of the Sith at midnight when that came out and I didn't like that one as much but mostly just because it was so sad I like it a lot but at the time I was like that was just so sad like I couldn't handle it so those are my first two earliest memories would be like those late prequels but mostly just yeah I really liked Attack of the Clones a lot and I still do for the record (laughs) (laughs) you know I, I often feel that the Attack of the Clones love is so controversial but you're right and you should say it Right? I think the prequels are so good. I've I've kind of been coming back to this sort of prequel renaissance. I've been buying the making of books. I've been trying oh, to buy yes. the art of books. I want to like dive right into it and find out like every single nook and cranny I can about the prequels. And oh, totally. um, Attack of the Clones was so interesting, right? Because uh, pre-2000 or like early 2000s was such a, a nice state of blissful unawareness no rotten tomatoes no like social media you know it was just like i'm gonna go watch this film and make my own opinion and nothing else Mm -hmm. will influence it but i did love attack of the clones and i think it does still stand the test of time even though there are some cringy parts but that's kind of the the essence of the prequels right it's just sort of this it's sort of this thing you have a dorky love for and Mm -hmm. and you know it's not always the best but that's what makes it great (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah and i'm obsessed with obi-wan like attack of the clones obi-wan i think is like mm-hmm. peak peak oh yeah Obi-Wan. <laughs> long so hair good. jumping out windows <laughs> just like you know going on like spy missions and like yeah going to diners and drinking at bars like it doesn't get better than that you know how excited are you for the the obi-wan tv series I like, I feel like, you know, obviously it's real, it's happening, but I'm not going to really believe it until we see a, a thing, you know, what I, until we see mm-hmm. some type of teaser, it's still going to be like, well, maybe it won't happen, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like that thing where, because we've been like uh, teased about it for so long, like, is it real, is it, is it rock real, is it going to happen, is it not going to happen, that I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm not going to believe it until it's it's in my eyeballs, you know, but I'm, <laughs> I think there's so many cool things they could do with it. Deborah Chow is so cool and good at what she does. Yeah. It's, it could be really fun and either way, I mean, it's going to be awesome, but like, yeah, I can't wait to see like what direction they choose to go with it and everything. You mentioned obi wan spy missions as part of attack <laughs> of the clones. And I think that would be a great uh, a, a great episode at least seeing him go yeah. on some some more of those uh, while he's getting in his feels and while he's he's uh, having nightmares and being pretty emo and sad I want the, <laughs> I want the sad Obi-Wan dwelling on his on his uh, mistakes but oh, that's yeah. because I, Star Wars is tragedy and I love it <laughs> it's true yeah I definitely that'll be great to see just having having friendship feelings you know <laughs> so why do you feel for you watching the prequels uh, which are great why do you feel that the Star Wars universe spoke to you, why it resonated with you, and why did it really capture your imagination among the, the various things that it, it kind of presents to the, the viewer? Yeah, I think my like my first reaction to that is I've always been really um, 
obsessed with or like uh entranced by like world building you know like I was a fan in middle school of like Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter and that stuff my friends (laughs) my friends and I were all super into that and it's just that idea of like that universe that you can kind of play around in you know and I'm not really a fan fiction reader or writer but just that idea you know where it's like this universe that you can kind of uh do whatever you want in and then I love also uh like attention to detail and like really stupid little details where it's like that doesn't need to be a thing like that little thing doesn't need to have a name but it has a name (laughs) like that's (laughs) another one of my favorite things and Star Wars is obviously just drowning in that like you look at a visual dictionary and it's like why do I need to know what that's called (laughs) but I love it so much I mean speaking of which right we had from a certain point of view at the time of this recording released today I don't know yes. if you'll be reading that or not but I've I've been I'm about halfway through it and it's oh, cool. probably even better than the first one we just saw the massive dogs return in the Star Wars universe from Attack right. of the Clones in the Mandalorian yep. like those little small things like the world building right it's just so good and so rich with stuff that people can mm-hmm. be obsessed with something in the background and make an entire story out of it or just uh, wait 18 years to see it on screen again and like make a huge make all these memes out of it and like all these like stand posts you know stand the tuscan dogs you know everybody <laughs> loves these sort of niche things yeah and star wars has plenty to offer right totally yeah yeah it's the coolest thing and i i dream someday of having a full collection of all of the visual dictionaries i only have like two right now but like it's mm-hmm. my dream to have all of them so i can just look at them all the time i love it <laughs> Yeah, they're they're wonderful. And speaking of just Star Wars and, and your your history of it as well, so you you do collages for and you do your zine as well. Um, it's very Star Wars focused now. I don't think it was Star Wars focused originally when you started doing um, zines and collages. Uh, originally collages, but what first uh, introduced you to the the idea of like the zine or like the collage making and what eventually kind of laid out those stepping stones into Star Wars to kind of combine your passion for this this new hobby of yours with this fandom and this and the saga that you just love unabashedly. That's true. Yeah, I mean, uh, I've been collaging forever uh, in a lot of different forms. As far as like, I used to do art journaling, um, so it would be all like contained in a book. And then I started to do collage kind of on like individual pieces of paper. So it was more like a canvas. So I had been doing that for a while. And then as far as zines go, I honestly didn't have a ton of experience with it since like high school. I think I made a couple when I was in high school, just like messing around because I was in like an art club with all these artsy kids that were like so much cooler than me. And we had like a big zine zine fest. So we all made a zine for it. And I I made some kind of something, I don't know, but I hadn't really, I hadn't really made any, uh, anything since then. And then it was, it was really going to Chicago and wanting to have something that I could trade, but I couldn't make buttons. I can't draw for anything. So I was like, what could I do that would be small so I could carry it around in my fanny pack and like that I could print for pretty cheap. Um, And it just kind of happened that there's this one type of zine that's like pocket size 
and it's one page you just fold it you cut a little thing and then you fold it this way and i saw like a youtube video of somebody making it and i just kind of went for it for the the little one that I, I passed out at celebration also i'm like dying to find somebody that i gave it to that's like one of my dreams so if you're listening and some weird person gave you a zine at celebration Chicago, <laughs> let me know. Um, <laughs> it's like one of my, I think I gave one to like, I said this on, I think I said this on Sky Talkers, but I think I gave one. So did you, do you remember the people that were like passing out the Ziploc bags? Yes. They like weren't fans. They were like Ziploc workers, but I like gave one to one. <laughs> anyway. Um, you're now so sponsored after... by Ziploc. <laughs> right. <laughs> I still have some of those, by the way. Um, so they're so good but then uh yeah so then after i got back from celebration i had obviously celebration like lights you on fire I, emotionally and mentally that's like one of the side effects of going <laughs> for better or worse i guess but um so i was i like wanted to keep it going and i wanted to i started listening to more podcasts and i started like following more people and i just like i, I was like what could i do that could be something and then i just decided to try making a of actual full-size zine and like if you look at the first one it's really weird like it's not weird but it's very basic and mm -hmm. it's gotten a lot more uh in depth since then but yeah so then i made the first one i think i posted about it in the blast points facebook group the super chill group um and i i just posted that i had made it like if anybody wanted it and i think i sent it to like, I don't know, 10 people. And then it just kind of spiraled from there. I was like, well, I guess I'll make another one next month. And then, well, I guess I'll read Heir to the Empire and make another one next month. <laughs> and then here we are, 18 issues later, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are there other things that you're doing outside of the zine that kind of allow you to um, strengthen that skill set and motivate you even more? Like what's some of your background in like developing the skills that you needed. I mean, in terms of like the creative mindset too, because I feel like you really have to have an eye for this stuff. You know, it's not something you can just like really jump into and that anybody can take up. I mean, certainly people can try, but clearly been very successful at it and, and are, are continuing to do it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I don't, as far as like a, like work, like a job, I don't have one right now. Uh, I lost it in June because of the madness. And well, I, I was, you know, I left in March and then was laid off in June, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like kind of, I'm in this weird in-between place right now where I'm kind of making this my job, even though I don't really know how sustainable that's going to be, but you know, but in the past, you know, I've mostly worked retail, but a lot of what I've done is, um, uh, what do they call it? Visual merchandising. So it's like designing displays and stuff. Um, I worked at a store in New York called The Strand for several years and was on the visual merchandising team. And that was a lot of um, laying things out. And I think that that in a weird way does kind of translate to the zine because it's so, it's so small and you don't realize how small it is until you're like putting it together. <laughs> and so oh, it's just such, it's a pain sometimes. I just wish I could make every issue like 50 pages, but like, so you do have to kind of have like a layout brain. So I think in like some way that has helped. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've just, I've been keeping little scraps of paper since I was like 12. So I've just always been doing that. And that's a big part of, of the collage and the zine stuff, but I don't, I don't really have any like 
practical experience, I guess, I guess, mm -hmm. except for just like going for it, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, sometimes that's all you can do is just give it the the good old try. And I don't think you, honestly, yeah. I, I think the great thing about creation is you don't need like, you don't necessarily like need the experience, you just need um, the mindset or the the passion for it, right? Because mm -hmm. I'm doing this podcast. It's not my my full time thing. I wish it were. But I also have zero experience in podcasting. I just decided one day to buy a microphone and start <laughs> talking nonsense and hope people would download it and listen for more than 35 seconds. But the fact that we keep coming back to do these these passion projects of ours is, I think, that is, you know, the practice makes perfect as cliche as it sounds. It, it's true, right? I mean, you keep doing it and doing oh, it yeah. and doing it and you constantly critique yourself for better or worse and you strive to do better and uh creation is exhausting but it's also like the most rewarding thing i've ever done and i'm sure that you've for probably sure. ever done as well yeah for sure and i i also have experience directing theater it's it's like a past life it feels like at this point but that was also a lot of like at this point with the zine because it has grown a little you know <laughs> substantially i guess like there is so much time management involved so I think that those skills did help with the time management part, at mm. least. Um, yep. I do struggle with it sometimes, but, you know, it's it, it's helpful. It is connected in that way. Mm -hmm. Zines and, and collage making. Um, zines definitely have like a very long storied uh, history. There's been so many things around them. They've mm -hmm. had different phases. Uh, there's been different like time periods for the zines where they've kind of had these like different cultural phenomenon around them whether it was yeah. uh, like the star trek zine and in, in like the late 60s which i learned apparently that star trek when it was uh going to be canceled after two seasons fans used the the, the uh, star trek fanzine which leonard nimoy was writing letters in in character they used that fanzine to bring it back for one more season mm -hmm. and just stuff like that seeing that history uh how That's rich it amazing. is and how like how how rooted it is in just fandom and how fans have been able to influence the things that they love. What do you see as the the lasting importance of of like fanzines and collage making just in, in this particular area? Um, what do you feel like it kind of represents for you and its importance and even like a historical aspect of of these things that we create for? Yeah, for sure. I I, I learned a lot of, about uh, Star Wars fanzine history. Um, because I I did some art for the episode of Looking for Leia that was all about fanzines. Um, and I'm so thankful for that experience. Also, Blast Points podcast has a really good episode about fanzine history that they uh, kind of got some of that from the Looking for Leia episode as well. Um, but yeah, I think the the coolest thing about it historically is like because there was no internet, because there was no email, because there was no blogs, that was the way that they talked about fan theories. That's why they, the way they talked about like when Yoda says there is another, that's how they were talking about who the other could be, you know? And mm -hmm. it's like, it's so cool to look back and see that. And, and I do think that that's still, even with blogs and YouTube channels and podcasts and blah, 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 blah. I do still get that same feeling when people submit stuff to the zine that it's like still communicating how you feel about something or your opinion about something or something that you really love and I think that's the community is like the, the coolest part and also like I don't know I just I feel so connected with everyone that I send the zine to and I feel so connected with everyone that's written something for the zine and like 
it's just it's that whole community thing and it, it kind of like taking it and putting it on paper kind of like takes it backwards in a way but it still feels as connected as if I had a YouTube channel or a podcast or whatever where I was like more directly digitally interacting I guess um but yeah it's it's really cool to see the way that they uh, helped people express their fandom in the past and how that does still kind of stay mm-hmm. um yeah it's wild and it's wild that they've been around like since may of 1977 like there has been fanzines for star wars like since then <laughs> which is just like so cool i feel people have an attachment to older things that's why we still buy vinyls when you can literally mm. get any piece of music you want for free on spotify right. <laughs> like why would you ever buy that's a vinyl so- but it's there's an aspect to it that is uh uh like almost like just this tangible feeling of you owning something or like a certain point in history or a certain piece of art or media being immortalized almost right Mm. so like those old fanzines and those old like if you have some of those old fanzines where people are speculating is is luke really darth vader's son and like people are actually (laughs) debating those points like those discussions are are like immortalized forever in that magazine and much like what you're doing you know with like the recent one you had like a mando chapter two or chapter one sorry you had a mando chapter nine (laughs) keep losing track where we are (laughs) Um, you had a reaction to that and you were writing it down and like you know what does it all mean how did they go there at the end that's crazy and in a way it's like that moment in time is captured forever at that point Whereas things like social media aren't necessarily forever. You know, those websites can shut down. Um, your tweets mm. get buried in the plethora of things that are being talked about, you know, and it's very totally. easy to lose sight of those things. Um, but fanzines really were, it was almost like Star Wars Twitter before Star Wars Twitter, before all the bots <laughs> and all the mean people and <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, all that stuff that comes with it that's not so great. But um, really keeping a more isolated community of of people that want to uh, maybe just get the fanzine perspective of of Star Wars and stick with that, the more yeah. pure side. <laughs> totally. And it's true. Like, if you look back at last, at issue six, which I think was October, which was like, or November, November, whatever, to the one that was the Mandalorian survival guide for season one, mm. the zine I made last year, that's a pre-Baby Yoda world. Like, and it's yeah. so weird to look back at it and to be like, well, I don't know what I was even saying, like, this is going to be a cool show, but like, <laughs> like just there, you have no idea, you know? And then it's also weird to look back like the September issue I made last year in 2019. That's like my first issue that I feel like was more similar to the ones I make now. So like, that was the one that was all about Kylo Ren. And I have a whole page where I'm speculating about episode nine. And that's a very strange experience to look back on that now. <laughs> It's very, but it is very much very frozen in time. And when I, I still send out those issues and when I print them now to send to people, I'm like, oh God, well, yeah, enjoy, I guess. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great example, actually, like a pre Baby Yoda world. That is truly like, like the, just like capture it in a bottle and like cherish it forever. Right. Because the, the, like, where were you? I want to ask you this now that you bring it up. (laughs) Where were you when you first saw Baby Yoda? 
what was just going through your mind? Because I feel like it was just a complete state of shock for everybody. And obviously, you know, there's more to the Star Wars universe than Baby Yoda, but truly he is like the phenomenon of this franchise right now. And I think uh, (laughs) just surprised people so pleasantly. Oh, yeah. I mean, I woke up super early that morning to watch episode one. And I was, I, I think I, I, that other people share this, this sentiment, but I, w- I kind of thought that the show might be like, you know, a big badass dude does badass things, kicks a lot of butt. I don't like mm-hmm. a lot of, like not, not even concerning Star Wars, but just in like movies and stuff. I'm not a huge fan of like a lot of violence. I just am not personally, I, don't, I just don't like it. It's not like I'm morally against it or anything. I just don't like it. I don't know. So I kind of was afraid it would be a lot of that. Like, I didn't know what to expect. But then to see, like, as soon as we, I don't even remember what I thought. Because I don't do spoilers. I don't do, like, any of that stuff. So I was just like, what, what is that? What is that? (laughs) And then then when he shoots the IG-11 so that he doesn't shoot him, he's like, it's like, what do you mean? Like, that, yeah, it was just. Yeah. It was just a lot. I'm with you too. You know, I'm not like the biggest fan of of violence. I think maybe the closest thing I get to that is with the John Wick movie. Mm. Uh, but even then, it's layered with this like super soft guy who loves dogs. <laughs> right. Exactly. And like, who can't relate to wanting to like take revenge on people who who uh, get rid of your pet? You know, like we all can relate to that. You know, if somebody touched my oh, dog, sure. I would I would hunt them to the ends of the earth. Likewise, <laughs> Din Djarin. You know, anybody touches Baby Yoda, he will go to the ends of the earth to, you know, hunt them down and show oh, yeah. them show them who's boss, right? And he even For said sure. that in the most recent episode. He's like, you know, if you do anything to that child, one scratch, you know, there's nowhere I won't find you, right? And Ooh. I was like, oh, God, okay, Din. Wow. <laughs> like, intense, right? I do really have a, an appreciation for, for media that defies your expectations like that. I thought the same thing going into Mandalorian, but really it's totally. just about... Uh, an old hardened warrior who never had a childhood trying to raise a child and almost like reclaim his own his own youth oh yeah it's beautiful it's so much it's so much more layered than i and it continues to be even every week now it's like so much more layered than i expected it to be last november it's it really continues to impress me and i love that it's not do i mean we don't have to do a mando breakdown right now but it's i love that it keeps doing kind of like the opposite of what we think it's going to do and and even like in the even in the like you know we broke down that trailer to death and none of it really as of now (laughs) none of it really means anything i think that's hilarious yeah like that doesn't make me mad i think it's so fun (laughs) yeah hey isn't that is that going to be Ilum? It's not Ilum. <laughs> it's really not. And then like, it's oh, like... this planet with all the graffiti on it. Like, what if it's Lothal? Or is it... It's like, no, it's just a, it's just a planet. <laughs> I was it's convinced great. the boat planet is is Camino. Man, the clown mask came on so quickly when I found out it wasn't Camino. It was so sad. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's great. I love it. So your character collages are like my favorite thing. At some point, I'm going to have to report you to the police because you just keep taking my money and it's unfair, but I'm, I'm happy to oblige, truly. But your character collages are just so fun. You are starting to delve into uh, like real creators like, you know, you did the Dave Filoni print. You did the Talking Bay 94 stuff with with Rick uh, and George and Ben Burt was on there and John Knoll. Yep. So you were doing some pretty cool stuff there. but. 
what is your favorite part of doing the character collages? And also, what is your approach to when you get a commission or you get an idea for somebody to include on there? Like, how do you navigate that to make it, you know, so different from what's come before? It's hard. Some And sometimes, like, especially every time I, I open commissions, I'm always a little bit afraid that everybody's going to ask for Ben Solo or everybody's going to ask for the same thing. And like, not that that would be the worst thing in the world, but it's like, it is really hard to care to collage the same character more than once. Mm-hmm. So like, but every single time I open commissions, everybody just has the coolest ideas. Like, and I don't even like urge them along or anything. Everybody just comes with like these awesome ideas. It's like so much fun without fail every time. But yeah, that's, it's been one of my favorite things. I've, I've started to do it more and more, although I, I really have done it since the beginning of like kind of trying to put something of the character into every collage, you know, even just a little bit. Um, so usually like if I get a character, like I'm trying to think of an example that I did recently. So like I did recently, I did, there's a, a new one that was really different because it was an action scene. So it wasn't just like a character from the chest up, like standing still, which I've done so many of those, which I love. I love that. But mm-hmm. it was like a, it's the actual uh, duel of the fates uh, battle of Darth Maul and versus Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon when they're still like right before they go into the thing with the thing. Yeah. May he yeah. rest in peace. Qui-Gon, my boy. <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> um, I love him so much. Yeah. So I did like, uh, so uh, Sophia, who commissioned me for it, she asked for that. She was like, I kind of want that scene. And I was like, how the heck do you do that? And like, I almost wanted to say no, but I found this picture that's like a really good shot of like all three of them clashing sabers. And then, so I, I found it and it worked and the size worked and the quality was good. So the next thing that I do is I, kind of decide like a color scheme I guess uh it's I don't ever want it to be like too obvious like I didn't want to do like blue on Qui-Gon's side and blue on Obi-Wan's side and red in Darth Maul's center you know because that's kind of like mm-hmm. kind of obvious so I, I I leaned towards like I think of when I do usually like a dark side or Sith character I always think of I do think of red but I also think of metal I think of like what it looks like on the Death Star like or I think of um like for I've I've used the same actually part of the same exact page from a magazine in two different mall pieces because it was like a picture of a bunch of elk in a river or something so it was a lot of just like antlers and it was like this really weird like gray smoky color so I love like that kind of thing. Like I, I did an Anakin piece once where I used part of a snake and it's like not so much that he's the snake, but I think of like Garden of Eden, the snake is mm. like the tempting temptation. Evil. Yeah, exactly. So, and then I actually put some of the same snake in a, another Ben Solo piece I did. So it was like, yeah, I also love connecting pieces. I'm like, yeah, it's like all connected. My, I have to keep myself from doing it too often because I love it. Um, so yeah, so I usually think of like a color scheme and then I have just like this absolute disaster mess of clippings. So I'll just like go, th- just go through it all, which is, it takes so long. 
but I just go through it all and pick out everything that I think would work. And then I just start like moving it around. And sometimes it comes like really fast. And like recently I did one of, of uh, Ben Kenobi, like Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan. And it was like, boom, 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 10 seconds. I was like, oh, great. But then I will do one like this one. It's a spoiler alert. I have a really, really crazy looking Ray piece that I'm going to post like probably tomorrow um, that it's like one of the biggest pieces I've ever done. Um, and that one was really hard. It was just like, it was hard to figure out because it's, I'm really like spoiler alerting, but it's like, uh, I made the blade of the saber with paper and that's, uh, it's cool, but it's also like really hard and nerve wracking. And I still like, am not convinced that it, (laughs) that it's perfect, but it's okay. It's good. But I did like a, there's like a blue sky and lots of flowers and that one like just took a really long time i had to like reposition it a million times i had to make the size work so yeah so it's it's always a process and sometimes it's really smooth and sometimes it's like i i'm not gonna get it i have to walk away from it for like five hours and come back Mm -hmm. but yeah i like the color idea i do like to think of the character and what they're like and what their life is like uh you know i try yeah i don't think it truly hit me how you put those together until we were doing the the commission for this series and you sent me a picture that oh, was yeah. a bit zoomed out of every it was like all the different pieces but it was going off the typical square portion of it it was like all these giant pieces of, of different uh, images <laughs> yeah. that were kind of sandwiched in there and i was like whoa <laughs> i was like that is you're, you're seeing how the meat is made and that kind of blew my mind and i was like it is tough you know to make all those those different pieces fit together and to find the right tone and style and um, color palette for it. But how do you feel that this has allowed you to engage with Star Wars differently, right? Like, has it heightened your appreciation for the story? Has it kind of allowed you to think of different concepts and different characters in a new light? How would your life be different without being able to engage with Star Wars through this this medium. Oh, I mean, how would my life be different? It would, I don't even I can't even I can't even comprehend, especially with how this this year has been like being able and losing my job and everything like being able to have the deadline of the zine to meet every month is just it's absolutely saved my life like no question. But as far as like how it's changed how I think about Star it just like I don't even know. It's it's so hard to say because sometimes I'll I'll think like I'll get super uninspired and then I'll be like, I just have to I have to watch Return of the Jedi right now and just like get my, my brain or I've also like really fallen for behind the scenes and making of stuff like you were saying with the prequels, like uh, the beginning, the Phantom Menace documentary. Oh, my God, I could watch it every day. Yeah, it's just it's just so good. But I think it does make me think of everything a little bit deeper, I guess. And also I'll, I'll look at, I'll look at things that I want to write about in the zine. Like I did a spread a few months ago with Travis from, from force time about um, head cannon. And that's like, oh, I could talk about head cannon all day. It's like one of my favorite things, <laughs> but yeah. So I, I definitely didn't think of things that way the way i do now um it reminds me of like way before 
like, oh my God, in like 2016, I started watching, I talk about this all the time, but I started watching like the uh, Jar Jar is, is Darth Snoke like theory videos. <laughs> and that was like, <laughs> let's not go there, oh. but that was, <laughs> that was like my first exposure to that kind of madness. And instead of being like, this is stupid, I should turn it off. I, I would just be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I want to watch it. <laughs> like, I remember I sent a link to my friend. I sent a link to one of the videos to my friend, and I was like, you should really watch this. And he didn't even click it. He just said, this is eight minutes. Like, I'm not watching <laughs> So I definitely, like, I started with that, but then having a place to, like, put it all has been really fun. And then mm -hmm. also just meeting people and seeing what they write like especially this month there's a lot of contributions from people and that has been like so fun because and then also like i sent out a survey to subscribers and asked for ideas and people have the coolest ideas that i would have never thought of on my own so yeah, yeah that's it's yeah i can't believe i've almost blocked <laughs> out the jar jar uh plagueis sith lord theories but uh what a time right what a time what a time that was for for the star wars fandom yeah there were so many breakdown videos but no that's that is great to hear and i think with creation comes uh, the new perspective right and and for, sure. for me like doing podcasting i think of star wars in a completely different way as you've said you think of star wars differently and on a deeper level right it's not just going yeah. with the green and the blue and the red for the darth maul piece and the duel of the fates piece <laughs> on a very right. on a very base level but really thinking below and it's like oh i can put a snake in there because the temptation and, and, and all those little granular details that that add up for the the larger picture uh, and really yeah. heightens the way and accelerates the way that you look at the the many concepts in star wars totally so for you i want to know obviously the future is so uncertain but what is kind of your your larger you know your 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 fanzine's called into a larger world so what is your right. larger world right like what is what is something that you dream of doing with the fanzine and it's okay if you don't want to give spoilers or, or whatnot but where do you want to take this and 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 what excites you about the future with what you do yeah as far as the zine, I just want to keep doing it. That's that's all that I think about as far as that goes, is I just want to keep making it, especially in like like these, how do they say it in like car commercials right now? They're like, now more than ever. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So now more than ever, I love being able to send out something happy to people every month, like what's better than that so that's all I that's as far as I go with the zine is like I just want to keep making it I want to keep having people write cool stuff uh and like just keep having fun with it and keep pushing the boundaries I I dream about doing a lot more character deep dive issues um I would love to interview more people obviously but yes, as far as the zine goes, I that's kind of how I look at it. But as like, I mean, I I should speak it into existence. It's not like a birthday wish where it's like if you tell someone it won't come true. But like my absolute dream would be to make some official art for Lucasfilm for them to be like, hey, do you want to make a thing for this thing? And then just make like a collage of some weirdness. I don't know. That's mm -hmm. the dream. I mean, just even the small like something small I would just 
I would pack it up, pack it up right there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Maybe you can get your giant character collage as a 2022 celebration piece. Oh God. <laughs> An artist yeah. gallery. Yeah, because cause that's the thing is like I don't know that you know, I know that there are like licensed artists and stuff, but I feel like there's a weird and maybe I'm I'm speaking out of turn, but like I feel like there's a weird thing with collage art where I don't know that it's seen as art in the same way as painting or drawing is. And I don't know that it should because God knows anyone who paints or draws, I'm like in total awe of, but so it's like very different, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's, that's definitely like the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate. But besides that, I just want to keep doing it. Just keep going. I like to wrap up the show with a couple rapid fire questions just to, okay. to get to know you even a little bit more before we, we close out. So my first question is what is your favorite Star Wars film? Return of the Jedi. Lots Definitely. of yub nub. There's been lots of uh, yub nub was uh, trending this oh weekend. God. I think if I you look at the, the Google analytics, it was like dormant <laughs> for just 30 years. And then all of a sudden, a huge skyrocket of yub nub. <laughs> Amazing. Truly uh, a redeeming quality of 2020. Who is your favorite Star Wars character? <sighs> That's hard. My head says, uh, says Luke. I think I got to say Luke. Yeah. The just, lone farm boy. Just looking just for the, adventure. The whole arc is just, it's just, yeah, it's just so good. It's just so good. And it's why I like Return of the Jedi so much. Yeah. Luke. That is one of Luke's shining moments, right? Throw down your weapon, save your family. Like what Come a great on. lesson. And what a good outfit too. Oh yeah. <laughs> All black. Love it. <laughs> So you mentioned headcanon earlier, and you could go on and on for headcanon. And I say these are rapid-fire questions, but um, if you want to elaborate, feel free. What is your favorite, one of your favorite headcanons for Star Wars? It's tricky. I have, so I talked about like three different ones when we, because we did like a, we did a zine spread slash podcast episode, like pair up. And I talked about three different ones, but I think, oh, it's hard. Because now I'm like afraid because one of them is Boba Fett, but I'm like, I don't want to, I don't think that I can have headcanon about Boba Fett right now because things are <laughs> happening. So I think my main favorite one is that Shmi Skywalker is in some way connected to the force. Maybe mm. not in the same way that like a Jedi would be, but I think that she has force abilities of some kind like maybe not levitating stuff or whatever but i think she's aware of the force in a way that maybe even she doesn't understand but like if you look at this one visual dictionary it says uh i think it's the phantom menace visual dictionary it says uh shmi knows when anakin is near even when she can't see him or something it has like a little line like that and i was like really oh i know uh so yeah i think yeah, it's a real, I'll send you a picture of it after this. But um, yeah, so Shmi and just Shmi all day. I want more of her. I love her so much. You're speaking my language. Uh, right? Shmi Skywalker is one of my favorites. Uh, I think we need, a, I think we do need like uh, something with her. I would love a book, honestly, of yes. Shmi Skywalker. I think that would actually be really popular with fans. Oh, but yeah. I totally agree. That's a great headcanon. And I will, I will now join you in that. Like, Thank you. Qui-Gon. You hear that he's force sensitive, and your first question is, who was his father? 
Uh, listen, the force sensitive parent is standing right in front of you, sir. <laughs> How assumptuous of they, you. <laughs> I also feel like they maybe had like a weird connection in some way, mm. but maybe that's just a ship that I have. <laughs> You know, maybe in another universe, uh, Qui-Gon lives and returns to save Shmi and they live happily ever after. Somebody write that fic so I can cry <gasps> myself to sleep every night. Yes. <laughs> type, 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 type. <laughs> what is your favorite Star Wars moment? Uh, this is, I don't know why this is so easy for me, but it just is. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm just going to, yeah, I'm going to go with this one. I'm second guessing myself, but I'm not going to. My favorite moment is in Return of the Jedi when... Luke comes back to where they all are and uh, he hugs Leia and she says, what's wrong? And, or, or something like that. And then he says, ask me again sometime. It's my favorite. Mm. It's my favorite. I don't know why. I love it. I think, I think that in that moment, she knew that he was her brother, even though it's before he tells her. And I also think that it is, I think it's a force thing. Like, I think that she could feel that something was wrong. And I think that she was like, cause obviously she feels the force when they're rescuing Luke and empire and he calls out to her and she hears him, blah, blah, blah. And I think this was, I think that's like a subtle force moment or something, but it also like is just such a brother sister thing. And like, I have a really good relationship with my brother and I love my brother. So like, you know, I don't know. I just, I love that moment so much and i named a zine yeah. after issue five it's on the cover i love it love that yeah return of the jedi is 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 really good it, it really God, is so, good. so many Ugh. good moments what are you most excited for with star wars right now there's a lot of publishing happening there's a lot of tv happening uh movies is kind of still up in the air but what like if you could just rub the genie lamp and get get everything right now or get one thing that you wanted like right this second to watch or read or whatever what would it be hmm. i'm i'm interested with what they'll do with the cassian show i think that's going to be really fun mm -hmm. and and i think so that's yeah that's the first thing that comes to mind and then yeah kenobi I, those two I'm also just really excited for celebration though. I know that doesn't really count, but I just want to be there now. <laughs> I'm really <laughs> excited. So that's like, when I think about like, what am I excited for with Star Wars? It would be just to go to celebration and meet everybody. And I'm just putting all my positive energy towards that being a thing. It's yep. far enough away that, you know, who knows? Well, Ugh. it's uh, always a fun opportunity to meet all of your internet friends. In real life, it's it's magical. And uh, being in the fandom post-Celebration Chicago, I, I'm excited for that as well. Because all my oh, friends now are just online. I'm like, I need to meet all of you in person. <laughs> COVID, is, COVID has lasted too long. Exactly. Let's all, let's all do like a group hug for like Ugh. 35 minutes straight. It's great. I'm, I'm fine <laughs> with it. And my last question for you is, what does Star Wars mean to you? Whoa. It's a loaded one yeah i cheat when i say rapid fire questions these are all <laughs> these are all at least worth 45 minute discussions <laughs> i'm thinking what does it mean <sighs> oh you know what i just thought of is like the thought that came to my ma my mind was like like your journey matters you know like the the journey that you go through in life has like a purpose 
I don't know why that's that makes me think of Star Wars is like each character's journey and then like seeing yourself in that is really special Mm -hmm. I don't know that's what came to my mind is like the the journey of your life and like becoming who you are that's what I think of. That doesn't really make, that's not coherent. No, that makes completely, no, that makes sense completely. No, I understand <laughs> you know what exactly I mean, right? what you're saying. Yeah. No, it, it's, it's true, right? Because you see so much growth among all the different characters and it kind of makes us feel a little bit okay about our own journeys because we yeah. relate to those characters and we see what they go through and they're like, oh, it ends up okay for most of them. Right. You know, we see what they go through. We see the struggles they have, the struggles that yeah. we carry as well. And we see that at the end of the day, things aren't so bad and it'll be okay. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like what makes you who you are. And like, it's enough to just be like a good person, like to be a good person, like matters, you know? Yeah. 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 Be nice and love people. Isn't that what George said? Something along those lines. Something, something like that. Yeah. (laughs) Faster and more intense. (laughs) Well, Kara, thank you so much for coming on Friends of the Forest. It was such a pleasure to finally have you. You're always welcome back. Where can our listeners find you online? What do you got coming up? And and yeah, anything else we should know about you before you you head off? Yeah, so I am pretty much only on Instagram. I'm currently not in the Twitter sphere. I'm pretty sure it'll stay that way. Who knows? But my Instagram is... (laughs) Thank you. I feel like I've made a good choice. So my Instagram is sacred something by Kara, Kara with a K, sacred something by Kara. And I have one more issue coming out this year, December is issue 19, which also means January will be issue 20, which is crazy. And I'm really excited about that. And on Thursday, November 12th, I don't know when this is going up, but on Thursday, the 12th um, is when all of my holiday gift shops are opening. I have a bunch of different zine bundles available. I'm going to start offering 2021 subscriptions. If you wanted to gift one to someone, I also have a bunch of new limited edition prints, uh, including the one I just spoiled, which I'll probably post tomorrow. (laughs) And uh, a bunch of my character collage library and mini prints and just a bunch of stuff. If you are looking for like a cool gift for a Star Wars friend or for yourself and uh, if you want to write something for the zine or if you have fan art and you want to send it to me for next year or something, email me sacred something by Kara at Gmail or hit me up on Instagram. I would love that. And yeah, I think that's, oh, and I have a Patreon, you know, if you want to look at that. So yeah, uh, I think that's it. Awesome. Lots of exciting yeah. stuff coming up. And <laughs> once again, thank you for, for joining friends of the forest. Such a pleasure thank to have you. you. And until next time, may the force be with you. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to our interview with Kara. Such a pleasure to have on the show. Make sure wherever you're listening to this podcast to leave us a five-star rating and review. It helps invite other people into the discussion and find our podcast. Speaking of finding our podcast, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. If you want to support the show and help us continue putting out content on a consistent basis, we have a Patreon at patreon.com slash friendsoftheforce. Thank you to our current patrons who make the show possible. Anna, Cheryl, Christina, Deborah, Donnie, Elegy, Jessica, Marie Claire, Marvin, Neil, Rachel, Sarah, and T. 
So that is it for this episode. Stay tuned for plenty more interviews coming up soon on the podcast, as well as a couple of discussion episodes. November is a big month for Friends of the Forest, and I'm so excited to have you along for the journey. So that is all, and until next time, everybody, may the Force be with you always. Friends of the Force is a proud member of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. To learn more about our sister shows, find us on Twitter at We Are Escape Pods. The Star Wars Escape Pods Network, promoting positivity in fandom.